0: Hi everybody, and welcome back to the Thoughts From Your Gal Pal podcast. I'm Clara, the gal behind the thoughts, and yes, I know it's been three months. I've been busy taking care of myself, doing the thing, but I'm coming back, not with a vengeance, but with a guest. And that guest is someone who is such a hunk, such a delight. He is somebody who has gotten me through some tough times and sometimes far away from home. Um, I was introduced to him via a gr- Instagram group chat from a friend um, oh, yeah. right at the peak of COVID times, March 2020, if we can go back to that time. It was um, my, the person whose job I was taking, Mia, uh, mm-hmm. Mia Clements, I was taking her job as the au pair. She was about to go to the farm and she said, Claire is new to Sydney, be her friend, and No joke, 80% of the people left the country to go home during COVID. But the one person, one of the people who stayed is my guest today. We met at a park the first time ever. He said, you'll know me because I'm the only Black guy in the park. (laughs) He's he's a grill master. We have bonded over Rick and Morty and our love of lemon pepper wings. And of all of the people that I could have met in Sydney, Australia, I meet a guy who goes to Kennesaw State. And overall, he is just a grade a good time um so without further ado welcome bobby to the podcast hey.
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: joining us all the way from good old oz down under i would just like to start by you telling me what like just give me the one minute flyover of your life like what do your days look like when you wake up in the morning what are you up to these days
1: Yeah, so I get up really in the morning. I'm an IT consultant. Work starts around 7.30 for me. Um, I live in the city, so it's an easy 10 to 15 walk for the office, walk to the office, grab my coffee, uh, chat with the colleagues, and then, yeah, begin my consulting work. Um, It's a really fast-paced life living in the city. So um, all of my friends work in the city as well. So I'm constantly either going for drinks during lunch or after work with them. Um, and if I'm lucky, I'll be able to get away and get over to the, get to the beach. Like getting to the beach is another ten or twenty minute bus ride. So if I'm lucky, I'll get to see the sunset and have dinner by there. So yeah, that's a that's a day in the life of me.
0: What is your favorite beach in Sydney?
1: Coogee Beach is definitely my favorite beach because it has the most pop and scene around it. You've got the Coogee Pavilion, Coogee Bay Hotel. The did like the food or the eats is around there is great. It's also probably the more diverse crowd of beach outside of there. I don't have to feel like I need to be a model when I go to that beach. So it's pretty cool.
0: Okay. So obviously you're living in Sydney these days. So yep. tell us, tell me what was going on in your life when you decided to move to Australia and what made you decide to move to Australia and not, I don't know, the normal thing like New York, LA, Seattle, like you went 12 you took a 12, 14 hour flight from LA.
1: Yeah. So funny enough, before I decided to move to Australia, I did look in the other places in the States. Like, um, I'll never forget. It was 2018 or 19 Christmas. Uh, my job had an opportunity to move to Austin, Texas, but it was like a really fast paced thing. They sent it out on a Monday and they said they need people to move out by like next Friday. Um, and I really wanted to do this. I was locked in. I like, prepared myself, prepared everything I had, and then it was—it just didn't happen. Um, and that was really disappointing for me. Um, growing up in the suburb, I grew up with having the job, being in Atlanta. It's like everyone knows everybody. I felt like really trapped within the bubble that I grew up in. And um, sure, like travel is 50 states in America. You can travel state to state, but it still felt kind of trapped a little bit. Um, and I was just searching for something like really different. I, I don't think I could have done New York. I just, my, my dad went to college in New York. I didn't really enjoy my time visiting up his alumni there. Um, LA, I have my best friends, LA. I love LA, but it's a very entertainment industry driven city. And I don't relate to that lifestyle whatsoever. It's fun to visit would not for me to live. Um, And one day I just got an email from work that says I need somebody to come help out doing some work in Australia. And I came out here for two weeks and I fell in love with the city. Um, It was an instant go from the time that I got on the plane. um, And then, yeah, time I got got back on it. It was amazing.
0: So you, okay, so you, I didn't realize this. I thought you searched for a job, but your job took you there.
1: No, so my previous job took me there. Um, Yeah, my previous job took me here. I came out here for training for two weeks. And it's crazy because it was actually on my birthday that I flew out here. And I got really, really lucky on the plane ride. I met some Americans that are citizens in Australia. And we just bonded over the 14-hour flight the entire way there. So the minute we landed, they actually took me around um, and showed me little places. But no, my, my previous... That's jo- so yeah. cool. The okay, first cool. place I went to when I landed in Australia, funny enough, was Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? They, they they took me. They wanted me to like feel like I was an American back at home so yeah they took me to Hooters it was the weirdest shit ever I'm sorry if I cursed.
0: no no curse away this isn't corporate This um, is organic okay so you went to Hooters you know nothing like the smell of wings and boobs for Americans. yeah
1: it was the it was the year set. um yeah it was the year uh the Super Bowl was in Atlanta they knew I was from Atlanta you know they knew how hard it was to make friends when it when they got here. So they kind of just took me in instantly. Um, and it was like, right when I got off the plane, I kind of had a group of friends, um, that, that I had now so this, to be this fair. Was when, mm-hmm.
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, but this was when yeah. you were flying to move. This wasn't when you were flying for training, right? I think that's, no, what this was when described.
1: I was no. Yeah. So this is when I was flying for training. So they flew okay. me out here for two weeks to help train and open up an office out here. Um, and I met these people on that flight. Uh, They took me out, had a good time, Um, and then I flew back home. And I knew when I flew back home after the training, I was like, this is where I wanna be. Like Australia, it's such a relaxed lifestyle. It's so diverse, like first-generation diverse, meeting people doing different things that I'm doing. I really, really wanted to move here. And I remember driving back to the airport, talking to my dad on the way, I was like, I'm moving to Australia in a month. Like, this is what's going to happen. And, um, yeah. And in that month time span, all the people that I met while I was here were like calling me every week, sending me message over Facebook and social media saying, Hey man, like, when are you going to come back? Like you should look into doing this, doing this. And they were giving me pointers and everything. And, uh, yeah, a month later, um, I moved to Australia.
0: That is such a uh, serendipitous thing because you could have gone over there and not met a single person on the plane. People could have been rude. You had that like first night in the hotel. You don't know what to do. Go out to a bar alone kind of moment. But instead you had somebody really, a few people take you under your wing. Mm -hmm. I think that that made it kind of a good transition and would be a good segue into friendships. Like I, first of all, maybe you can put the dots together I don't know how we got connected other than through Mia but yeah how how, how did you like I guess how did you make friends in those first few months um, when you did eventually move to
1: Sydney so we became friends because Mia put it out in the group chat that like oh hey someone from Georgia is taking my spot and I was like Georgia instantly like commented back i was like of course i'm gonna hit you up and introduce you to my friends she and really stuff. was like i
0: think he's from some place called atlanta or something
1: <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> yeah i was like and, no she, way. and
0: then i want to say we had like when i saw when i saw you on instagram we had people who followed both of us yeah we had and mutual like, friends
1: as well yeah and i was like yeah, that's okay because it's like another good, like the saying, it's a small world. Like it is a small world. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like meeting you on the other side of the world and having so many mutual friends in common, like it's crazy. So, um, yeah, meeting friends, look, it was tough. I got very lucky meeting the friend group I did on my training out here. Um, and, but like, even in meeting them, I'm, na- I naturally am an, an introverted person. So it's, re- it takes me a lot to like go out and meet people and charge the batteries and go and be social but coming out here by yourself you kind of have to go against that you 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 know you do have to meet people but i i remember when i when i first moved here um for about the first week and a half two weeks i did just kind of like stay at home and watch movies and play video games i was just too shy to like really go out and be amongst the people um but I kind of broke out of that shell, and the easiest way to break out of that shell is go on dates. <laughs> you know, just start dating, fire up oh, the, the app. This
0: comes out.
1: Uh, fire up the apps, start meeting people, and so um, I want to say like my first real friend group and like our friend group that we met out here um, between like Maddie and James and Mia and Val and Caroline and and all of them. Um, I actually met through him, through uh, someone I met on a dating app. Yeah, I went. I met yeah. them mom. Um, I went on this right. date in the was first that the date. I met that group. Thing. Uh, yeah. So that was that okay. year. We before we had our first Thanksgiving in Australia. Yep, I went on that date, and then she introduced me to this friend group. And yeah, that was it. The rest was history.
0: Wow. Okay. And do you still keep in touch with those people that you met on the plane, or have they kind of faded away?
1: They kind of faded away. There was some drama in that group that, uh,
0: oh gosh, okay,
1: didn't work out between everybody. But um, they're all doing really good. They're all still in Australia as well. So, yeah,
0: okay. And but um, wh-
1: yeah. go for
0: it. So I guess I I wanted to ask this, but then I got I was trying to figure out how we became friends through the grapevine, mm-hmm. but. When you got back from training, you're out coming back from the airport with your dad and he's, you said, I'm moving to Australia. What were his, what was the reaction that you faced from your family? Was it supportive? Was it what the hell? Was it okay? And how has that evolved since you've, you've been there now three years and you haven't come back.
1: Just, I mean, I think you
0: would have had it not been for the pandemic, but.
1: Um, Look, my parents were kind of like, why the hell are you going to go across to Australia? And I don't really think that they thought that I would do it Um, just because, you know, given like your kids say things sometimes, but they don't always follow through with it. And I think like, oh, yeah, you're going to move on the other side of the world. Like, we support you. Wink, wink. And um, that was the kind of energy that I felt from them. And, And that... regard it actually motivated me even a little bit more I was like I'm really gonna do this like I have people that I want to prove prove wrong wrong, right yeah I proved them wrong and then um my sister was probably my biggest supporter and my biggest pusher doing it I like I always remember growing up my sister was like you can be anybody that you want to be on any given day like if you want to wake up and move to Australia you can do it like just you can do it and push it so She, um, she pushed me the hardest to do it. And yeah, I love the shit out of her for that. Because um, yeah, she was just very proud of me and held me accountable to doing it as well. Um, So yeah.
0: I think that that's um, amazing that you had your sister because I think a lot of people and I experienced this too, they were almost like mad at me for leaving. Mm Because I, and I struggled a lot with feelings of selfishness. Like I'm going to miss these big milestones in the people that I care about in their lives. But ultimately, like I knew, and I studied abroad twice, but it was ultimately a dream of mine to actually get settled and rooted in a place. And I didn't even do it nearly to the level that you have, but it was such Mm -hmm. a, a feeling of, I can do it. And it was so hard sometimes. And I'm sure it's really
1: tough. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. so talk tough about that. Like, because... what's,
0: what are some of the hardest things that you experience on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis? Like,
1: Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, to be, to be honest, that I'm not feeling until just recently is, like, I haven't been homesick since I've been here. I, I love Australia that much. I miss my friends and family, but... um I haven't been homesick until like really recently. And I think, you you know, like you kind of went through a little bit of this as well with like your sister getting married and, you know, your sister having a baby. I missed all that stuff since I've been here. My sister got married last year. She had a baby last year. Um, and now I'm really noticing that I'm starting to miss those milestones and everything. And um, yeah, it... it it does suck. It does hard. But one of the things that I committed to myself when I when I decided to move out here, I came out here with a plan. I said, I'm going to move out here for six months, try to find a way to live, you know, permanently. Um, and if it doesn't work out in that six months, then I'll go back home happy. And I can say that I tried. And I've been fortunate enough that it did work out for me. Um, I found a job that's a stable, reliable job out here. That's going to create a pathway for me to become a permanent residence, which is going to create a pathway for me to become a citizen. Um, And I have to stick to that plan. And there are rules and guidelines due to the Australian government that um, I have to kind of stick with. Um, And it's a sacrifice in a way. Um, But again, one of the things about having the support system that I do with my sister and and my parents are very much on board now, and even friends back home because you miss friends and stuff too. And it's like, hey, what's going on back home? But if you have any like good friends, they'll tell you you're not missing shit, man. Like same old, same old. Stay out there. We're proud of you doing all that stuff. So I have a good support system in that space. Those type are real friends too. Yeah, those are real. Those friends, are your real friends. Um, yeah because it's very easy for people to drag you back into the same stuff you were when you were out there. Right. But pretty much all my close friends have told me you're doing good. Don't come back here. Like it's, it's a good thing. You're doing what you're doing. So um, yeah, I have a good little, little support system around that. Um, But it's been tough. You know, I definitely miss home. The things outside of the family that I miss are just like, material shit you know like waffle house being open 24 7 like okay i can live uh-huh. without waffle house or like you know certain shops or stores and getting access to clothing it's just different but Remember like that's that just wendy's like, small pop stuff. Up? oh my god the wendy's oh, my pop god. up and like no one here in australia knows what the hell wendy's is so like some people are thinking it's like a fine dine burger restaurant i'm like <laughs> not nah this ain't Waiting that you t- wait until <laughs> you try
0: this frosty It'll change yeah
1: I was, like this ain't that but um yeah it's it's like small things that I miss outside of you know the milestones mm-hmm.
0: so you talked a little bit about your job and your career path and staying within the limitations just really briefly because I know this won't apply to everybody but how mm-hmm. have you navigated that visa and immigration world like have there been really have there been helpful things that you found like on reddit or facebook like how have you managed that because that can be really yeah. intimidating
1: it is intimidating um getting new australia is the easy part so yeah. there's uh staying a there. working staying there is the hard part getting new australia yeah. there's um when i was looking on how i was going to make this work um there's a easy visa called the Working Holiday Visa. I think it costs about, all together, maybe 600 U.S. dollars. That's what
0: I got. That's what um, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, and it allows you to stay here for a year. And since COVID, I think it's even two years extended now. So um, that allows you to come over here for a year or two. Um, you just have to change jobs every six months. Um, and all I did was Google that. I Googled the different visas. I read through them. I probably clicked the first five, six links on the first page, then went to the government page. And it's very some. it's easy. You fill it out on your own. You need your passport, background check, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just buy a plane ticket. So getting here was the easy part. Um, It was the staying here that becomes more difficult. I gave myself six months to find a corporate job or I was going back home and I was ready to live and die on that sword. And to be fair, I found it literally the month before I would have had to leave. Um, And that job was able to sponsor me. So the next visa that they were able to sponsor me is called a a 482 labor visa. There's a short term and a long term one. and that visa is either two years or four years, depending on how long the job wants to give you a contract for. Um, so I got very lucky. That process is very long and very difficult, depending upon your profession. Um, and yeah, that's that's currently where I'm at.
0: And that and so you're looking for a way to get PR, which is perfect. Yeah. Priority.
1: So yeah. So once you have once at the time, it's very much different now with COVID. But um, at the time, you're required to stay at least five to six years in my profession, um, which is consulting, five to six years um, until you can apply for permanent residency. Um, and so that's any kind of culmination of all the visas and your time that you've been here. So at the end of whatever visa that you have, um, you can then apply for PR, which is also a little bit more expensive. Um, but then that makes you a permanent resident here. You can buy property, Mm -hmm. you pay heavier taxes here. Um, you, it's any, it's basically everything but a citizenship. Um, and it allows you to come and go from Australia as you please, um, without any trouble. So that is, um, that's my goal. You know, I wanted to become a permanent resident when I moved here. Um, I just, Wanted to find the pathway. And look, the resources are easy. Finding a way to do all of it is easy. It's a Google search away, um, and that's what I had to learn. Like I watched two YouTube videos, being you know uh, African American man. I specifically looked up African Americans migrating to Australia, and I probably yeah. watched about ten different videos of people that have done it, and they all said the same thing. It's just a Google search away, and it's very easy yeah. to put it all together. Um, it's just a matter of, of going through it.
0: I think so often people are like, I can't believe you did that. That's so cool. And I'm like, or like, I, I could never do that. I'm like, yeah, you can, you just have to do it. Mm. I mean, it takes yeah. planning, but like, and obviously you could, but if you want to go do something, I, for my migration you know my working holiday visa i did it all through au pair world because i was opairing, pairing and mm-hmm. then once you get there you have this huge network of um people who are also doing opairing, pairing and then you like see all the questions and it just becomes your vernacular to say oh are you on a 462 or a 417 working holiday yeah. visa like you hear those mm-hmm. numbers all the time okay well that's good i'm i'm hoping for your pr and your eventual citizenship because that'll just be good for all things. Um, yeah. So you... Yeah. <laughs> so switching gears, um, you did talk a little bit about, you know, you're feeling like you're missing milestones. Um, you know, you kind of are feeling homesick for the first time. What are some ways that you get yourself out of that? It's not like you can buy a ticket. You can't buy a plane ride home right now. So what are some ways that have been helpful to you as you're trying to work out those feelings of maybe being down in the dumps
1: for a few days to be honest with you I haven't figured it out um it's still very much something that I soar through look I talk to my 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 parents and my sister every single day um and that's just because I want to keep in a loop I want to see the baby I want to talk and look that does help it it doesn't make it worse I don't think I, I still feel like I'm there in a lot of ways um but I don't I don't have the answer to that because I think you know when these milestones happen and things happen, you're just gonna miss them. and it's easy to get down in the dumps. I think one of the things that I'm trying to figure it out is um, just kind of a reminder of, of where I live, of where, where what, like what I'm working for and what I'm going towards. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I try to do every morning on the weekends at least is just go walk by the opera house. Um, cause every time I walk by the opera house, I get this movement of like, holy shit. I live in Australia. Like I live on the other side of the world. And it's just a really crazy sobering feeling feeling because for me, I've never done, I've never been outside the country before until I moved here. I never traveled I anywhere in the world. That. wow. So until I moved to Australia. So, Every time I get that kind of, you just dove in,
0: dude. You didn't even dip your toes. You were just like, bing.
1: Yeah, I just was like, why not? You know, you it's like you don't get many opportunities to do something like that. Um, and I just did it. And if if I fail, I fail. So what? I know I can come back home. But that's, I guess, one of the things is just. Walking by the Opera House, seeing the sun shine off the tiles, and just like, holy shit, I live here and it's great. I love going um,
0: over the bridge on the train. That's one. Oh yeah, about. oh That's, that like place going is between North, North Sydney and what's that terrifying?
1: bridge? Is the bridge is terrifying. I hate going across that bridge. It's because you so don't crazy. like bridges,
0: or because you're like, wow, it's so it's such a monumental feat of civil engineering. I think
1: it's more because there was a car accident over there a couple weeks ago oh, okay <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's like I fresh crash, in your no, mind right now yeah it's like fresh in my mind yeah <laughs> ah,
0: you can swim. Um. yeah man that opera that is a magical place like the bar like the opera bar down there and yeah the seeing opera all the fairies bar like, come in.
1: there's nowhere the in the places. world like that no, it's there's just... not because the view of seeing the Opera House and then the harbor bridge and the ferries coming in and out and then you can see Luna park on the other end yeah. it's just like the view from left to right is one of, on the when the sun is shining it's one of the most gorgeous things you could ever see in this world and spending Sundays there with like a group of friends and then just kind of going around the city and getting food and drinks and watching sporting events or going there for a concert it's just there's nothing like it i i really there i really, really feel isn't. like it's nothing like it like there's and i guess it's kind of similar like people go to new york and they experience new york it's like oh there's nothing like new york i agree but there's nothing like being in sydney looking at the opera house the it's 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 amazing
0: the way you talk about it makes me know you're in the right place
1: yeah but i know
0: Thought so lead leading into my final question. What does the next year hold for Bobby Edwards? Mr. Oh, Australia. I, what's next for you?
1: I'm moving to Melbourne in three weeks.
0: <laughs> oh my You're like there's nothing like Sydney and fuck you, Sydney. I'm going to the coffee city.
1: No, look, I No, you've I, been here for
0: three years. I think it's time to I've been to... here for
1: three years. Um yeah. And with COVID and then the bushfires before that, it just kind of made movement around Australia, Australia really, it was really restricted. Um, So my time here, I feel like I haven't gotten to experience the country um, as most tourists or even migrants normally would. I've really just concentrated Mm -hmm. on my life professionally and, you know, building my roots here in Sydney. And look, home away from home i think sydney always will be my home i'll definitely be back here for sure um but i think it's time that i go experience another part of australia um long term and see if i like it so uh in three weeks i'll be moving to melbourne i've found a lockdown a new apartment there um and kind of getting the head like a reset within a reset i guess um yeah so that'll be that
0: and just for the majority of the listeners, which are American, give us like, if you could describe in three words, Sydney, and then in three words, Melbourne, what, mm. like, what are you going between here? So just so, as background, Sydney is in New South Wales and Melbourne's in Victoria, and it's on the South coast. Yeah. Look up a map, everybody.
1: So <laughs> I would probably say Melbourne is closer to a New York-like culture, mm-hmm. um, it's very, you know, it's a big city, metropolitan, not a lot of beaches. I don't want to say there's not a lot of nature because there is, but it's, you know, every it's a it's an older city, so everything's closer. It would probably resemble New York or Atlanta more so than anything else. Whereas um Sydney is a very big beach culture city and everything's it's more huge. spread out. So it's like neighborhoody.
0: Um, everything's a neighborhood.
1: Yeah, everything's a suburb for the most part. Like a nice, really interesting middle-class suburb in a way. And it's like very... Middle-class?
0: Boo. Come on. Yeah, okay. You gotta be loaded to buy anything Upper-class. Are
1: you kidding? Yeah, I was looking at house prices the other day, and it's like ridiculous. Everything's a
0: million dollars.
1: She just bought... um, She was like, oh, I'm gonna buy this apartment. And she went in there with like 800K to spend. We went to the (laughs) auction. She walks away. She spent one5 on like just on an apartment, just on like an OK, nice two bed, one bath apartment and and um, Leichhardt, which is an upper, yeah, middle, okay. class, upper middle class, upper middle class suburb. But um, Sydney's a much more newer city than uh, Melbourne is. So that being said, things are further apart, you know, and most cities in America. Right. Major cities. You've got your big arenas in the heart of Sydney, heart of the city. And people gravitate towards the city because that's where the things to do are. And Sydney, it's kind of the opposite. The yep. major arenas and stuff are further out West, which is closer towards the more rural parts of New South Wales. Um, and because of that, a lot Parameda, of different, baby. yeah, Parramatta. you have a lot of di- different central business districts. So everything's yep. spread out, um, which is, it's great because you get to see different parts of New South Wales, but at the same time, I'm a city boy, and I like living in the city and having access to all my different things right there. So you need your
0: coffee shops, your clubs, your bars. Yeah,
1: my clubs, my bars, and I like – it gets – it doesn't say it gets old, but I'm just like sometimes I don't want to travel across the city or across to a different suburb to go to my favorite club everything's or favorite pub a fucking and
0: boss in Sydney everything yeah happens. there's no I everything's mean, there is a bus train, or train but it's yeah. just
1: bus train or light rail and thank god uber and uber pools just came back post-covid like that was a nightmare um and oh god don't tell me about like there was a huge transit strike a couple weeks ago where they just oh decided god. not to do buses or trains for a week but um yeah, I don't know what I could compare Sydney to as far as an American city, because
0: I'd say like LA or San Fran.
1: LA would probably be close. I don't think I've never been to San Fran, so I can't really tell, but I would probably say LA because LA is very big and spread apart as well.
0: Yep. Um, and Beachy.
1: And Beachy. But you've also got like the Blue Mountains in Sydney, which is like a whole different place. I'll never forget that's like um,
0: Chattanooga or Delanaga.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll never forget experiencing two extremes in one day. Went to the beach in the morning, um, and it would be like the equivalent of 75, 80 degrees on the beach, chilling. And then my friend who lives in the Blue Mountains had a birthday party, went to the Blue Mountains, experienced snow in that same night. Like, It's just a crazy amount of different extremes of driving to the beach, to the mountains and getting the best of both worlds. So, yeah.
0: Well, I am so excited for your move. I'm excited for you to be a coffee snob in Melbourne.
1: Melbourne.
0: And I am so glad that we could sort out our time differences today to do this interview. Um, I can't wait. I'm hoping Christmas, 2023, I'm going to do a few months back. Back to Australia to do the traveling that I didn't get to do either because being um, being there during COVID was a toughie. But being anywhere during COVID was hard. Um, yeah, definitely. I guess, well, last question: where mm-hmm. Where is home for you? Is home Atlanta or is home Australia?
1: Um, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Look, Atlanta will forever be my home. That's that's who Sel- I am. Selah,
0: baby. Yeah,
1: forever I love Atlanta. I I'll never forget that place. I'll be back there as soon as I can. Um But that being said, Australia is where I'm gonna be. Uh I know. For the foresee like the foreseeable future and if it's up to me, probably the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'll always have a friend there. It is yeah. such a it, it is a magical country. Like I can't I can't describe it in any other way especially There's nothing like it, oh in the my world. gosh if I come back we got to go to Uluru again I want to go there again oh
1: yeah go see the Uluru Raptor tour yeah,
0: yeah gotta go see it well Bobby thank you so much for joining me today and yeah thanks everybody for listening
1: thanks for having me.